There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. You sure you ready for it? Some of y'all are like, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be good. Lift your Bible. Say, I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. You can literally read the whole Bible in one year right here in the app. And if you don't like reading, that's okay. The app will read it to you. You can pick the voice that it reads it to you in, all right? Uh, and so uh, you can do that. Let's say it together. I am ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, speak to us today with clarity. Speak to us today with power. I pray that you would help us to love better. Father, the issue, Father, isn't often who we love. It's how we love who we love. And so, Father, today, help us to love better. Give us wisdom. Give us grace. Give us direction. Give us grace and clarity so that we can love better. No lust this year. No lust this decade. Just love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody release a praise for three seconds right there. Go. Three, two, one. Somebody say, yes, Lord. So, guys, we're in week three of our series, Love and Blank, because love is never alone. It always involves something or someone else. And this message is called Love and Conflict. Say love and conflict. Those two things go together. Tamar said it like this, love and war. Here's the two. Those two things go together. You will never successfully accomplish loving anybody or anything unless you also learn how to deal with conflict. Can we talk? The fact of the matter is most of us, when we see conflict, we run rather than using it as an opportunity to grow. But I pray that the spirit of the runner will be broken in everybody under the sound of my voice. You are never going to be able to conquer what you run from. You can only conquer what you are willing to confront. And so I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that this is going to be the best love year of their lives. Not just romantically, but every way. This is going to be the best love decade of their lives. Not just romantically, but in every way. Everybody say this. Say, just love. No lust. So listen, conflict means serious disagreement. This is the disagreement bigger than, watch this, you ate the last of the Cheerios and didn't say nothing. Watch me. This is going to be a serious disagreement where the Cheerios are simply an indication, watch this, that you don't respect their wishes. Let's talk. Uh, serious disagreement means that it's deep. It's got some levels of depth to it. It's depth to it. It's got some levels of complexity to it. The reality about conflict is that we're normally not fighting about what we're fighting about. We're fighting about something we won't talk about. 
We're not normally in conflict about what the conflict is about. We're normally in conflict about something that we will not communicate about. And so now it bubbles up in a fight over where we're going to eat. But the reality is, is that it's because we never speak. Let's talk. The bigger issue sometimes is not what we're actually disagreeing about. Sometimes the disagreement is deeper. But today you're going to learn how to deal with those disagreements. Come on, y'all. Number two, conflict means a battle. What's a battle? It means that you've got your dukaroos up and they've got their dukaroos up. And this is not just in romantic relationships. This is in every relationship type. You can have, watch this, battles in your family, battles in your bloodline, battles with your friends, battles on your job, battles with the people on your road, which is why you got to make sure, watch this, if you sit next to somebody that won't praise, that's a time for you to get up, go to the bathroom and pick another seat. Because I'm not going to fight with my role in order to see results. Let's go. I need somebody with me that's going to praise with me, that's going to clap with me, that's going to shout with me, that's going to give God glory with me. Because when I win, we all win. Touch somebody next to you and say, I'm not fighting with you. Say, I'm fighting for you. Come on, y'all. Come on here. Oh, we're not the church that pulls one another down. We are the church that lifts one another up. We are not the church that tears one another down with our words. We're the church that builds one another up. So serious disagreement. Then it's a battle. Thirdly, it's an argument. Say argument. An argument means you use your words to replace your fists. Ooh, it got quiet right there. And here's what you need to know. Somebody on your row is a master arguer. They have learned how to use the human language to knock somebody on the flow and leave them unconscious. They will start bringing up stuff from 1974. <laughs> Arguing is simply verbal fighting. It means we're going back and forth. And some of you don't think you argue because you don't raise your voice. You're the most lethal of arguers because that means your words have greater sting because you're pulling up stuff that you know will hurt them. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. And so you'll say stuff that you know is going to wound them deeply. Come on, let's talk. I wish you'd be honest. If you be real, God could heal. Watch me. Who in the room can admit that, watch this, you, 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 you've done some arguing. And how many of you will admit that you're good at it? Mm -hmm. I thank you for your honesty. Now, now, here's the deal. The danger with arguments is that arguments, watch this, are normally fueled with anger. Ang arguments normally have a lot of anger behind them. There's a lot of vitriol behind them. There's, there's some deep boiling stuff that's been going on. And it's one of them deep boils. Not where you just put it on the pot and then it immediately boils because you got it on high. No, you've left it on not quite high, but about eight. You've been at about eight for the last four years. Let's talk. And so now when something goes off, when something happens now, it becomes a much bigger deal because you have unconfronted issues. But I prophesy to you, you're not going to leave this year not having confronted every issue that's tried to block you. Let's go. Somebody said, I'm conquering every issue this year. Come on, if I can get you to open your mouth, life and death, Proverbs 18, 21, or in the power of the tongue. Say it, y'all. Say, I'm conquering every issue this year. So what's then the last meaning of a conflict is strife. What does strife mean? It means that I'm going this way, you're going this way, and while we're crossing the way we're going, I want you to go my way, but watch me. Instead of saying that, I brush up against you. Come here. Strife, strife works like this. Let me show you strife in motion. Strife says we're not going to watch this see eye to eye. We're not going to even talk about it. 
we're just going to brush up against one another. And then, watch this, and then if I think you did a little too much, then watch me, then I'll get some other people to join my strife. Come on. I'll get some other people to join my strife. So now, watch this, you didn't got a crew. And so now you got internal fighting and strife on your job. Watch me, watch me. Some of y'all tried to bring that mess up in church. Y'all ain't said nothing. Touch your name and say, but we don't do that around here. We don't do that some of you, you see this in your family. So they went to go get reinforcements to try to talk you out of coming to church. Let's go. They went to try to get reinforcements to talk you out of giving and you out of serving. But somebody released this. Say, no strife in my life. Come on. Say, no strife in my life. How conflict is handled determines if you loved or simply lusted after the noun that the conflict was with. Now, on Wednesday, we learned that uh, lust simply means strong desire for something or someone. But we learned that the most common type of uh, lust is what we think of physical lust or sexual lust. But lust is greater than that because you can lust after someone performing a certain way. You can lust after a certain outcome. And the danger, watch this, after lusting after an outcome is that if a person doesn't produce what you want them to produce, then all of a sudden, watch this, you cut the person off. So then wait a minute. Did you love the person or did you lust after what you hoped the person could do? For many of you, can I be honest with you? Most of the people who let you down that said they loved you, can I let you in on what was really going on? They didn't love you. They lusted after what you could do. Let's go. So I need you not to be angry that they're not in your life anymore. I need you not to be angry they're not in your business anymore. I need you not to be angry they're not your friend anymore. Why? Because you never loved me in the first place. And I'm glad that you showed your hand before I put more money in. I'm glad that you showed your hand before I invested more time. Say love versus lust. So John 13, 35 says this, by this all people will know you are my disciples, disciplined students, if you have love for one another. To be a disciplined student requires a choice. Love is a choice. It's a decision. Lust is an emotion. So how do I know that I'm operating in lust in any area? Because remember, it's not just sexual. You could be lusting after somebody being reliable. And they've never been reliable. But you're lusting after the hope that they are reliable. I pray in this year and in this decade, you don't lust after potential that's never realized. Because some of you will feel let down and now you're treating other people bad for what old people did. You're treating new people bad for what old folk did. Not realizing, listen, the issue really wasn't them. They showed you what they were. You just lusted after who you hoped they would be. Can we talk for a minute? Let's go. Here it is. So watch me. Uh, lust is a strong desire for something or someone. Lust is an emotion, so it handles conflict how? Emotionally. Love is a decision, so it handles conflicts decisionally. In other words, I decide how I'm handling conflict. I don't let my emotions take me for the ride. Shut up. Not literally. It's a figure of speech. I decide how I'm handling the conflict. I don't let my emotions take me for a ride in how I handle the conflict. Because some of y'all, watch this, you get so emotional, you blow up the ship and you tear it up with your own hands. And then 25 minutes later, listen, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're sorry, all right, because all of what you just said has created a whole situation we're going to have to talk about. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Well, I said, that's your neighbor. Say, no lust this year. Just love this year. So, 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 if you handle conflict emotionally, it takes you for a ride. 
And so you're howling and screaming, making accusations and assumptions. But if you handle conflict with a decision, here are the two decisions you've got to make. You ready? Here's decision number one. I'm going to handle it with love. And what's the first characteristic of love? 1 Corinthians 13 tells us love is patient. Somebody say it's patient. Come on, y'all say it. It's patient. Which means but I'm deciding to handle conflict with love. It means, let's just go over these few words. That means, one, I got to be patient. What is patience? Patience isn't waiting. Patience is how we act while we wait. Patience is the level of pressure you can take before you become negative. So if you love somebody, here's what that means. Listen, you have worked. Matter of fact, my last nerve was worked yesterday with you. But because I love you, let's go. And I'm not going to be negative. Let me tell you how you already know that you have stepped over into lust and that love. Because your little foot's tapping. <laughs> Touch your name and say, stop tapping your little foot. And call it little fit too. <laughs> call it little fit too. Stop tapping your little foot with your little boots on. Stop tapping your little boots. Because you're already demonstrating your emotional and how your body is moving. Come on here. And when you do this to people, you make them nervous. Let's go. Got it? Some of y'all. And here's what's happening. What did we learn on Wednesday? Lust is going to let you down and lust is going to make you lose because love isn't lust. So the first decision is love. Here's the second decision. Resolution. We are not leaving this discussion until it's resolved. And resolution isn't we'll get to it tomorrow. You tired? You better go take, go drink some water, splash your face. That them personal problems, baby. That ain't got nothing to do with me. We ain't ending this conversation until it's fixed. Why? The Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. What does that mean? Do not take, watch this, what I can resolve on Sunday. Don't take it into Monday. Y'all got to stop letting the enemy play you and stop and keep delaying stuff you can handle today. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, handle it today. No we, no, we will not meet about this on Wednesday. I ain't going to be bothered with this on Wednesday. I don't have the emotional bandwidth to put this off the Wednesday. I don't have the energy to deal with this on Wednesday. We getting this handled today. I dare you get a little attitude about some of the stuff you're already thinking about in your head. Just say today. Some of y'all need to lead. Don't text them now because you're in church and they're going to try to start something with you. But soon some of y'all lead church. You need to say today. Yeah, that Today. We about to figure this thing out today. Why? This is the best year of my life, and I'm not going to stay sitting in no mess with you. I'm not going to stay sitting in no drama with you. Say it again. Say today. All right, look, 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 look. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4. So one, love. Two, resolution. It's getting resolved. It's not waiting until tomorrow. I just need a moment. Well, moment, let's go. That's not the way I process. Well, you need to get off that Android and process fast to get you. You process so slow because you use Android. You got an Android processing system. Be fruitful. Hey, Basha. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, so love is what? Patient. Lust rushes. Which means this conversation it might start out taking two minutes, and it might end up being an hour. But if I love you, you're worth the investment. Even if at the end, the resolution is, bye. 
it was worth clarity. <laughs> Love is kind. Lust is mean. Now listen, some of you all think mean means you get checked for poor performance. If somebody calls you out because you weren't performing right, that's not that person being mean. That just means you need to come up. And don't get mad at people who can see that you can come up. Be thankful you got somebody that cared enough about you to tell you. Because if your plane is crashing and you got the ability to pull up, you need some people around you that are not going to just sit there and say, ooh, child, the plane about to crash. You need some people that are going to say, pull up. Can you just touch somebody next to you and say, pull up? Love does not envy, got it? Lust does. Lust wants what somebody else has without knowing what they paid for it. Lust wants, watch this, some of y'all were toe up on Valentine's Day because you sitting there looking at everybody else show you highlight reels. They ain't showed you practice footage nor from the back of the limo scene. Y'all ain't said nothing to me. It's a movie. And you sitting there, this is what I want. This is for my boo forever and all that. If that's your boo forever, that's between y'all, not the rest of the world. Be careful about people who need co-signers. <laughs> if you need a co-sign to love me, that's already a problem. Baby, I'm going to need you to qualify for this loan on your own. Uh, let's move. Put the verse up. Watch. Nor does it boast. What's boasting mean? That means it talks highly about itself excessively, excessively high. So it wasn't just, it wasn't just a good meeting. It was a beautiful, perfect meeting. <laughs> um, <laughs> It boasts. It, it talks excessively high about itself. That's what lust does. Love doesn't do that. Love will state the facts and keep it moving. And it's not arrogant. Lust is. Lust is arrogant. Lust needs everybody to know who they are. The Bible says it's better to be pulled up than to go up. In other words, what does it mean? Some people like to go in and be all, I'm this, that, and the other. The Bible says it's better for somebody to recognize you and say, you come up here. I prophesy for those of you that have been like David that have been left in the back that this is going to be the month this is going to be the month where you get called up to the front. Somebody say, I'm being called forward for God's glory. So look, so look, so look, so look. Lust rushes. I really want to focus on patience. So if you could go through 1 Corinthians 13 and you would see everything that love is, lust isn't. Got it? Okay. Now, the thing I want to focus on is this right, this right here. Love is what? Love is, <clears throat> lust rushes, but patience is a decision. Don't pray for patience. If you pray for patience, God's going to put you in a situation. And he's going to put pressure on you and say, now you better not get negative. And you won't have a way out. Because you asked him to give you something, now he's got to give it to you. And the only way to give it to you is to put you in a test. Some of y'all just figured out why you've been going through what you're going through. Lord, I just pray for my patience. He's like... That's what you want. That's like you're super hungry and then you go order a deep dish pizza. Baby, this is going to take 45 minutes. You ain't eating no time soon. You hear? All right. Now, look at this. So patience is a decision. And here's what it does. Patience forces motives concealed to be revealed. We'll say it again. Patience forces motives concealed to be revealed. If I wait long enough, you can't fake that long. If I wait long enough, I'll see your truth shining through. They're going to shine through. But some of you never get the chance to see. Watch this, their true colors. Because listen, you open the box and already using the crayons, y'all. Say patience. Don't pray for it. 
Just practice it. Just do it. <laughs> Decide it. Which brings us to a famous conflict in the Bible. It's between two family members. Can I be honest with you? Conflict only exists in close confines. Rarely do we have conflict distant. Most of the conflict we face is going to be in close confines with people we know. So let's look at this. Genesis chapter 13, verse number 2. Now, Abram was very rich in what? Livestock, silver, and gold. Now, Galatians 3.9, I Jay walked over there to 9.15. I'll Jay walk over there this one. Watch me. Galatians 3.9, I need you to see that this scripture applies to you. Say it applies to me. So Galatians 3.9 in New Living says, so all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Well, that was Abraham's blessing. Let's go back to Genesis. What was Abraham's blessing? So Abraham or Abram was what? Can you say your name now? Was very rich. You can sit there and look at me like you don't speak the King's English if you want to. Or you can sit there and say, oh, I just got a revelation of mine. 2020. Say very rich. What does that mean? There's no lack. I rebuke lack in your bloodline. I rebuke lack on your row. I rebuke lack in your life. Somebody say no lack. He, there was no lack. And, and what did he have it? Livestock. What is livestock? Livestock means I've got, not only do I have meat, I've got milk, I've got fur. That means, watch this, I've got perpetual flow coming my way. So let me just, let me pause for the cause to make sure you understand it. So there's perpetual flow coming my way. And he had silver and gold. That's money. Some of y'all sitting there looking at me. The Bible says if I'm in Jesus, what he told Abram applies to me. So this is just for those of you who actually just believe the Bible. I'm going to count to three and let you put a praise, watch me, to the level of belief you have of what you read. One, two, three. Hey! I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible. Somebody say, no lack. Say, no lack. Say, no lack. Say, no lack. All right. Verse five. Verse five. Verse five. And Lot. Lot's his nephew. Lot's name means in Hebrew, hidden motives. What forces those to be revealed? Patience. If you wait long enough, they can't hide that long. You ready? Let's go. He went with Abram. Now, he wasn't supposed to go with Abram. If I was to give you context, you learned from Genesis 12 that a second time the Lord came to Abram and said and gave him this proclamation. I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. He says, I'm going to I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to do all these amazing things. for you, Bishop, how do you know it's a second time? Because the book of Acts teaches us that when he goes to Abram in Genesis 12, that was the second time because Abram didn't obey the first time. Mm -mm. I'm so glad that our God, watch this, doesn't throw us away because we mess up the first time. Who can give him glory that he's got grace and mercy? What's grace? That's when he gives us something good we don't deserve. What's mercy? That's when he blocks something we do deserve. If he did it for Abram, he can do it for... Everybody put a two up.
up in the air like this too. What's that? Another chance? What's that? Another chance? What's that? Another opportunity? Somebody say, and another one. Say it again, and another one. So in Genesis 12, it's actually the second time. We actually see what God says this time, but it's the second time. He, he makes this promise to Abram. And he says, get away from your bloodline, from your kindred to a land I will show you. Abram decides to take, listen to me, he decides to take Lot with him because he has a loyalty to Lot that Lot doesn't have to him. And some of you, your, your, your strife and your conflict is because you have loyalty to people that they don't share for you. See, you ride or die, they just riding. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You plan, you plan, oh, watch this. You make plans for the future. They make plans for the weekend. I pray that you would be released from the bondage and the weight from certain people that you've been carrying. You're not built to carry the weight of other people, even if they're your blood. Let's go. He went with Abram. He had flocks, herds, and tents. Now, flocks, herds, and tents, where did he get this stuff from? Abram. Abram gave him some of what he had so Lot would have something. But notice what he's got. Flocks and herds. Now, let's, can, we, can we deal with it a little bit? I said, can we deal with it a little bit? Now, notice, it says, it says that Abram has livestock. It says that Lot has flocks. Flocks means you've gathered together, but you took from the whole. Which means, Lot, you've been showing me the whole time you're not on Team Abram. Because every time I expose you to something greater, you pull some of it over to yourself. Be careful, be careful for people. Watch this. Some people ain't meant to come into the meeting with you. Some people are not meant to sit at the table with you because you keep bringing them into environments. Watch this. That they're not going to help you do what you're trying to do. They're going to try to siphon it off and do their own thing. Mm. Say, Lord, reveal my lots. He says he had flocks and herds. Herds, 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 herds. What's significant about that is that they produce stampedes. So why does the Bible use different language? Because it's trying to show you what's really going on the whole time. It uses different language because he's trying to produce a stampede. What's a stampede? A stampede means these animals are getting ready to run through and they're getting ready to destroy something. Watch me. When do they destroy something? When they panic. Let's go. So watch me. You know you've got a lot because when they panic, they start tearing up stuff in your life. Woo! Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Somebody say, Lord, reveal my lots. Let me give you an example. So they don't pay you what they owe you because they in a panic. Okay, that's too real. Last one. Last one, he's got tents. Somebody say tents. Tents. Tents are temporary housing. Abram had silver and gold. Silver and gold, watch me, you can use to buy a house and to build a house. A tent means you never played, planned to stay that long anyhow. So what am I learning about Lot just from these three words the Bible uses? Is that Lot was only there for the short-term game, but Abram was playing the long-term play. Here's where your conflict comes in. You plan to be in it long-term, they only want to use you short-term. You missed what I just said. I pray that you don't have no friends that only plan on being in your life for six months and you thinking this is going to be your BFF. I pray that you find people that meet your level of investment. Let's move. Y'all ready? 
Verse 6. So here we go to get into conflict. So one, we already see that there's a difference in what they have because the Bible uses different language to describe things that are very similar. I love this Bible. Right? So the Bible says, so the land could not support what? Both of them. Come on, then 15. It could not support both of them dwelling together. So what's the first conflict because of lack? Lack creates conflict. You want to have conflict in a marriage? Run out of money. <laughs> want to have conflict in a friendship? Order food and then nobody clarify who paying. <laughs> well, one or two checks. Two. Both of them. <laughs> right? Lack, lack of joy, lack of peace, lack of love, lack of consistency, lack of caring. Whenever there's lack, there's going to be a conflict. When you care and they don't, there's conflict. Because you're like, this is the, this, this mess you're going to give me? Well, that's because you cared and they didn't. There's a lack. That's because it was important to you. It wasn't important to them. There's lack. So conflict's always going to produce, number one, from lack. For their possessions were so great, they could not dwell together. Now, remember, everything you've got ain't a lot came from Abram. Now, I curse some of you wondering, well, why is it Abram and not Abraham? Because his name wasn't yet changed to Abraham, and his wife's name was not yet changed to Sarah. See, when God added, he was literally saying, watch this, call him Abraham, because every time you say that, it's Abram in covenant with Yahweh. So then, Sarah, every time you speak his name, you're declaring the promise. Let's go. This is why I have you say things so many times, because watch this, if you don't say it before you see it, you'll never see it because you never said it. Which is why I don't care what it looks like. Watch this. She was calling him a father of many nations and he couldn't even have no kids. He was calling her a mother of many, but she didn't even have any children. What are you saying? You got to learn how to call things that be not as though they were. I need you to touch somebody next to you and say, everything is working together. So even if it's not, I just called it like it is. Somebody holler, yes, Lord. So listen. So this is why the names are that way. Okay, I'm almost done. So the land couldn't support both of them dwelling together. For their possessions were so great that they could not, what? Dwell together. So here's the second reason for conflict. You ready? Second reason for conflict is growth. Whenever there's growth, there's going to be conflict. In fact, the, the byproduct of growth is, in fact, conflict. So that means love and conflict go hand in hand. I just need to make sure that I handle it right. Some of you, you avoid conflict so much, you never get to enjoy love. Woo! Some of you avoid conflict so much, you never get to enjoy love. Some of y'all ain't never had love because you avoid conflict. And I'm just going to go to the movie and ain't going to say nothing. You're going to be mad the whole two and a half hours? That drain no away. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I receive boldness to deal with conflict head on. Come on, lift 15. I feel like preaching now. Let's go. Verse 7. And there was strife, conflict, between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of livestock. Stop. The fight wasn't between them. The fight was between their crews. So what is the next reason conflict occurs? Because of offense. What does that mean? Getting offended. 
And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Because Christians, I, I just need to be real. I'm going to be as real direct. Christians, y'all got to stop this getting offended and then leaving church, getting offended. I ain't serving no more, getting offended. You don't let nobody, you didn't come here for them, so you don't disappear for them. Y'all ain't talking to me right through there. Always getting offended. I can't stand overly emotional Christians that the moment somebody says something to you, I just don't know. But you let people on your job talk to you like a dirty dog and you don't say nothing. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Don't bring a standard in here that you don't have out there. Middle section, you can be quiet all you want. Your silence ain't going to move me. I love you. Getting all offended and got your emotions all out on your sleeve because then nobody compliments your blouse. They couldn't see your blouse. We had the flashlights up. I just don't know if I'm going back to that harvest. Sit down somewhere. For... Love you. They got offended because of each other's crews. I'm almost done. They got offended because of each other's teams. But here's what that means. Lot's team would go to Lot and say, you know what Abram's man doing? Abram told him to do that. They didn't know that. Then Abram's guys going to Abram. You know what Lot and them doing? Lot told him to do that. They didn't know that. So watch me. They've got issues and conflict because they're operating off of hearsay and assumptions. And guys, you got to be more mature than that because the devil will still kill and destroy from you because he'll make you fall out with the wrong people over something you heard, not what you know. Mm, touch your neighbor and say, stop getting offended. You mad at somebody because of what somebody said. You never asked them. You never got clarity. You never got So you mad over something somebody else said. And the Bible says that a brother offended is unyielding. That means when you get offended, you ain't going to hear right even if it's in front of your face. And we got to stop doing that to one another. We got not just here, but the body of Christ, every pastor that I lead. You got to stop this where you're falling out with people because of friendly fire. And you don't need an enemy because you got, watch this, people around you. And they're inflicting wounds. I need you to encourage your row. Touch people on your left and your right and say, we won't fight one another. Say, we'll fight for one another. Say, I got your back. <laughs> Come on, let's just go to 1992 for a minute. Say, I am my brother's keeper. Say, I am my sister's keeper. Say, we all we got. Release a praise right there, 1115. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's finish. Let's finish. So they're offended, y'all. They're offended because of hearsay. And here's the first conversation they have. And let me show you how immature they were. Even though Abram was rich, watch this, he didn't know how to handle conflict. 
You can be blessed and still handle conflict like a bastard. Fatherless one, where you never learn how to handle it. You only learn how to avoid it. Y'all ready? Look, so there's strife because of what they're saying. So then look at the rest of the verse. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. So here's the next reason conflict occurs. Because you're trying to keep up appearances. So Lot trying to let his guys think, Abram ain't going to punk me. Abram ain't going to talk like that to me. I'm grown. I'm a man. He put it on his pants, same way I put my pants on. Actually, Abrams are rich. <laughs> um, Abrams have a blessing on them. Abram has a grace on him. Abram got poured on. You got the drip drops. Huh? So actually, there is a difference, but we won't get technical. So look, so look, so look, so look. So let's just do the example real quick, real quick. Just, uh, uh, come on, first two singers. Come on, let's go. I, thank you guys for moving quickly. I know y'all never know. And then I had it all planned out what I was going to use, and then I decided against it. When I decided against it, just right now, I'm just going to do this. All right, watch me. So this lot, I don't speak that over your life, just, just in this example, this lot, Abraham. Very rich in livestock. <laughs> Come on, t lay your hands on yourself. Say, no lack in my life. All right, so Lot's here. So then Lot got his herdsmen, herds ladies. <laughs> and so look, so now when they come to talk, Lot, watch me, you ready? See, when you're offended, you always get cosigners. So now Abram comes to talk to Lot by himself. Lot brings somebody with him. Who? The Canaanites and the Perizzites. So he's got to keep up appearances because he doesn't want them to think that he's being, you know, punked by Lot, even though everything, or punked by Abraham, even though everything he has, Abraham gave him. Be careful with people who forget what you helped them do. I pray you have some people in your life that remember how you were the bridge that they walked over. So now he's trying to keep up appearances to who? Parasites and Canaanites. These are their enemies. So he's trying to keep up appearances in front of their enemies. So it's creating conflict. Some of y'all get played because you're trying to impress people that aren't even on your team. These are your enemies. They're about to give you hell. Touch your neighbor and encourage them. Say, don't try to keep up appearances for people who are about to disappear. All right, let's finish. Let's finish. Let's go. Let's go. Y'all getting this? So there's the first conversation they have. He's rich, but he doesn't know how to handle conflict. He's blessed. Because some of you think if you get more money, it's going to fix your problems. Can't fix your character. Just reveals it. So let's look at this verse. Watch this. Verse 8. Then Abram said to Lot. Here's their first conversation about the conflict. Their first conversation, notice what Abram doesn't do. He doesn't ask him any questions. The first conversation, he says, let there be no conflict between you and I. In other words, he's like, I don't really want to fight no more. He never asked, why are we fighting? He never said, why are you letting your people act like this? He never said, hey, listen, let's stop running messages between crews and let's talk direct. Man to man. Ooh, I pray that the passive aggressive people in your life I pray, I pray, watch me, that you wouldn't let them pull you down into the way they want to fight. 
Because passive-aggressive people will send a message hoping that you send it back the way you sent it. Baby, you're dealing with a, grown, a whole grown man, a whole grown woman. So I'm not sending no message to nobody. You come talk to. Can we relate to this, guys? Can we all relate to this? It's amazing. It's right here in the Bible. All right, watch. This is their first conversation. He says, let there be no strife between you and me, between your herds and my herds, for we're kinsmen. Look at me. He says, listen, man, we're family. We shouldn't be fighting like this. Okay, so here's the truth. Relationships stay good if the transactions are good. See, even though, see, you got relational, transactional, but everything that's relational has to be good on the transactional side. If you're a husband and a wife, there's transactions that need to occur. Right? Ooh. It's quiet in this shirt. Husband and wife. Paperwork you didn't print. Right? Look at me. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Here's the deal. There's transactions, which means I need to do my part. You need to do your part. In friendships, transactions, I'm going to do my part. You do your part. There's got to be the transactions have to be right to keep the relationship right. See, if the transactions start getting bad, it's like a bank account. There's only so much money they're going to let you overdraw before they say no. If you have a credit card, there's only so much credit you get to take. And they're going to give you a little grace. But after that, they're going to say, look, that's a, listen, your fee be more than what you charged. You charged a $9 pizza. You got an $84 fee. Y'all is it? A... Are you getting the principal church? All right, watch this. So their transactions aren't good anymore. So the relationship isn't good anymore. And they don't actually address it. Here's the first thing they do. He just said, let's just separate. Let's just get away from one another. We haven't actually dealt with our issue, though. And love is always going to involve conflict. Can I give you a few things about, about love and conflict? Okay, one, one, ask questions. Don't make accusations. Nor assumptions. Nobody likes to be accused. When you, when you accuse someone, they get defensive. Abram didn't even ask questions. He was just like, I don't want to deal with you no more. Which tells me, watch me, at a certain point, Abram knew what he was dealing with. So he stopped fighting for it because he said, Lot, you ain't really for me, so I'm not finna be for you. I refuse to continue to give me what you won't give, uh, to give you what you won't give me. Okay? He didn't even try to fight for them to get along. He's just like, gone now. All right, y'all ready? Here's number two. Conflict doesn't always mean cancel. We live in a culture where when you don't like somebody, you unfollow them. And you think that's, mm -mm, I'm finna show them. You ain't show nobody. I'm going to mute their notifications. <laughs> I'm going to need you to grow all the way up. That's what I'm going to need you to do. Come on, and all the people doing it, y'all ain't saying that. Y'all just looking straight ahead like. <laughs> I love you. This is good for us all. Right? So, so watch me. Y'all here? Watch me. Conflict doesn't always mean cancel. Watch this statement because it's almost going to sound contradictory, but it's not. Resolved conflict doesn't always mean continue. Sometimes we, we resolve conflict, but we never dealt, watch this, with the construct of the person. What does that mean? Listen, we're not in conflict anymore, but you a lie. So you can't be trusted anymore. I'm not going to lay out here for you to just step all over me. Listen, you, you've lied on me. 
and, and watch this, and didn't fix it. And didn't fix it. So love, it lives here, just in another room. I love you, but I'm going to love you from over here. Let's go to lunch. Ooh, no. Let's just hang out. For what? See, resolve conflict doesn't always mean you continue. Okay? Here's the last statement. You ready? These are all going to seem contradictory, almost paradoxical in nature. Watch me. I mean, it's this. Conflict doesn't, or excuse me, conflict will always be continual. I just got to make sure that I am not trying to change the nature of who the conflict is with because I will always disappoint, be disappointed because I'm lusting after who I hope they are. Did y'all catch that? There's a lot of meat right there in these last two minutes. I need you to chew that real fast. Let me get to you again. Let's back it up. Ask questions, don't make accusations, nor assumptions. So here's how conflict goes. Hey, uh, did you take that money that was on the dresser? That clearly said, had a sticky note on it said, don't move this money from right here on the dresser. I just want to know, did you do that? Here's, here's how most people do it. So you're just going to take the money? It's already over. It's already over. It's already over. Got it? And here's what you do to make it Christian. Because y'all learning good Christian words and good Hebrew and Bible words. Shalom. So you're just going to take the money like that? All right. I love you, but you're just going to take your money like that. <laughs> well, see, two, conflict doesn't always mean cancel. If people are quick to quit you, that's your answer. Like, I'm good, because there's one thing I'm sure about. I don't want anybody around me that's not sure they want to be there. So be careful with them words, because I'm going to give you what you asked for. All right. Next, resolve conflict doesn't always mean continue. I mean, sometimes the end of the conflict is, listen, we are great, separate. You know, you know, we, we, you know, you know, like, like you know, um, <laughs> certain things just don't go together. You know, green bean casserole at Thanksgiving, that don't go. But Thanksgiving. Now, in Denver, I know it does, but I need y'all to know it's, it's against the Bible. The Bible. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right? Y'all got it? So sometimes you have to be mature enough to say, listen, th this, 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 there's no path forward for this. And that doesn't make you bad or me bad. It just means neither one of us have enough days to live them miserably. Friends, dating, family. See how this falls in every context? And then, watch this, conflict will always be continual. So let's look at this. Look at verse 9. He says, is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If I take the left, you go to the right. If I go to the right, you go to the left. Here's what's amazing. Verse 10, and Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley was well watered. Stop. His motives have been revealed. Lot, we see it revealed from the beginning of the text. That all Lot was looking for green grass. Watch me. And he was unwilling to water where he was. 
Just look, Bishop, where you get that from? Look at the Bible. He saw that the Jordan Valley was already well watered, which means he wasn't the type of person that wanted to put in work. And here it is. We're closing this thing right here. I pray that this year and this decade, you have people that are willing to put in the work in order to maximize every relationship type you have. I need you to lift both of your hands and say, Lord, Lord. give me a circle of people that are willing to put in the work to see it prosper in, in your name. Can you release a praise right there, everybody? Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this for me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.